The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is a Rocker Room production. What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, here with you for another BGN Radio Locker Room Special. It's always funny when I start these off because I'm not talking to anyone right now. If you're listening on the replay, I'm talking to you, of course, but if there's no live audience right now because I've yet to invite everyone, so let me go do that in real time so we can get some people in here to get this chat going. Make sure you download the Locker Room app. It's only iOS right now. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, they expand it in the future, but right now, sorry, just iOS so, so make sure you do that. Danny is checking in without me even having to send out any invites, so that's really cool. Uh, let me get this send-all invite so we get the room full of followers here. Bear with me in the meantime. All right, just send it out so we get we should get people checking in here. Uh, big shout-out to Danny, of course, here in the chat for showing up, again, without me having to send an invite. Uh, good job by him. So uh, I see Seamus jumped in, so, of course, let me get him up here, my partner in crime on these locker room chats, as always. Shane, how's it going, man? What's up? Doing good. Just you know, it's funny because like I've been trying to do the intro for the pod uh, before like inviting everyone, just so for the people on the 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 replay, like it makes sense to them. Like it's yeah. not just like like taking forever to start. So so uh, yeah, there we go. I see uh, Cliff Bryce is back in the chat, so that's good to see. I see. Matt Daring is here. Good friend. Oh, uh, oh, oh wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. So what do we got, Shane? What are we talking about tonight? Uh, we're doing Carolina's Darnold trade. We have uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, hater of banana route today, and Fran Dunphy's <laughs> excellent breakdown on Eagles X's and O's. There's a 25-minute video on YouTube on the official Eagles page that I recommend people checking out for more insight into... Nick Sirianni, and I think he's bringing a lot of enthusiasm to the table. Some of it is something that I might have made fun of. I tweeted this. If another team's coach was this over the top, I may have, like, laughed it off. But I find some of it endearing. Yeah, it's kind of funny to me. Like, if the Eagles – I think the way I think about it is if the Eagles uh, front office didn't have me so disillusioned. Like, I wasn't so disillusioned with that. I'd probably be a lot more excited about Nick Sirianni. And, you know, I don't know, like him being an energy guy doesn't mean like he's a good coach. No. <laughs> like, 
but but whatever I'll, I'll take it it's fine it's just i kind of almost don't like it just because i feel like people are like falling into the trap of like thinking that means he's good but whatever if people are gonna get excited about that i'm gonna not tell them not to I mean, there's there's no reason to really be excited for this team and we've said this throughout these sessions and on our respective podcasts and in writing that this is the least i mean i've been a fan, fan of like six or seven years old this is the least exciting off-season I've seen in my entire life. What's going on, Matt? Hey. hey. What's up, Matt? Long time. Yeah, it's been a while since I talked to somebody who's not, like, my wife or my boss. Mm, how's that? Uh, it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. oh, you mean talking to you guys? Yeah, I guess. Oh, and you, 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 you talked to I don't me. like it. You've talked to me before. That's happened. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I see. You. I do see you a lot. What's up, guys? Hey. Uh, it's it's great to have you here, yeah. bud. Yeah, What's... the return. The return. Here I am, ready to talk about sports. <laughs> What's on your mind, Matt? Uh, I'm sorry I missed the last one because I really wanted to shit talk Carson Wentz. Mm, can okay. I curse on here? Or is that you not can, allowed? and you can also okay. do that. It's, a, it's all very free-flowing conversation. All right, good. I just don't want to get in trouble for using language. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but uh, I guess that, that ship has sailed. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about the new head coach. I haven't really been following it very much. I, mm-hmm. I did notice that Eagles social media has been, like, awfully heavy on the, like, guys who aren't here anymore kind of stuff. I feel like I saw a bunch of Brian Westbrook today. It was today. Touchdown Tuesday, Brian Westbrook edition today, it seems. Oh, uh, is it? You don't have anyone theme? on the roster to showcase touchdowns of, yeah. really? Yeah. That's a bad sign. Here, here's, a, here's a poll. Who on the roster has the most touchdowns? I mean, I don't know the answer, but I bet it's, like, <laughs> I bet it's somebody, and I bet it's 12. Goddard? Uh, yeah. Nate. I mean, Ertz probably. Well, but, I, I, I yeah. had him out of the team on my mind. Yeah. So yeah, if, oh, yeah, if we're not counting him, um, Goddard because he was a here here a year longer than Sanders, I would say. I yeah. think it would have to be Goddard. I'm looking this up right now. It's really sad that we. It, this can't is, this is not. Is it great? Well, hang boy? on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you before you look it up, Seamus, what do you think? Do you think that the the person with the most touchdowns in their career on the Eagles has more or less than sixteen? Let's say Goddard had, I think, like eight in 2019. I'll say Goddard has about 16. I'll say a little over because it's been three okay. years. We'll make it 16. We'll make it 15 and a half. So you want to say, say over? over? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll do that too. All right, Brandon, what is it? I'm looking and I'm seeing, I think it's, well, actually, I think it's a tie. If we're talking about uh, running and receiving combined, yeah. Uh, I think Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard both have 12. That's it. Oh, I got I, up now too. I, I, who else would it be? I don't. I no, that's, I meant like I thought I, that those totals are so little, but you know, again, it makes sense. Greg oh, Ward's yeah. at like seven. Yeah, Goddard pretty low. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Jeez. That's fun. That's pretty cool. Are you guys excited? How much does Boston Scott have? <laughs> that's a good question. Well, I'm look. I have it pulling up now. He has combined. Oh, he has one receiving touchdown, so he has seven total touchdowns. Tied with Greg Ward, yeah. Yeah. So that's wow. it. I mean, you, you can't even, like, you know, like the quarterback. I mean, obviously yeah. passing touchdowns are different. But, like, Jalen Hurts only has if – you, if you combine his uh, throwing and rushing, he has, he has six throwing, and then he has what? Like a couple rushing? He has three rushing. So he's nine. He only has nine. Pretty good. You guys excited? <laughs> yeah. Excited about the 2021 Eagles. Uh, hot, t- yeah. hot take here in the chat from Steve Duke saying that Travis Wilgham will have better production than Kenny Galladay in Bro. 2021. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. 
seems unlikely, but I, I wrote about this in do like the weekly mailbag feature that this week's dropped earlier this morning. And I said, if there's anyone that might benefit the most from the Sirianni hire, it could be Fulgham in the sense that he seemed after that really terrific stretch. He had that four or five game stretch uh, was in Doug's doghouse. And now Sirianni's coming in here, the new coaching staff. He has a history as a wide receivers coach. Maybe he can maximize him. I you think he was in the doghouse. Yeah, I think the playing. thing – He lost snaps, and he, he did good in the, at the end of that Arizona game, and that was only because guys were out. I think yeah. the thing with, with Fulgham is, like, he kind of – he's a guy who kind of – I think he wasn't grinding quite as hard as the coaches kind of would have liked, and it just seemed like he kind of had a taste of success and maybe kind of, like, sat back. That's just some of this, this speculation on my part, but I, that seemed to be the read from what it was out there, and obviously he did something. Like, so something happened where the coaching staff, like – didn't want to put him on the field. And I think that was dumb. I think they still should have. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, new, new coaching staff kind of maybe motivates him more, maybe, uh, you know, lights a fire under him more, which, like, seems like it kind of needs to happen. Might be, like, an effort thing in there. But Do you think I believe he uh, stopped going to Bible study? <laughs> I, believe, I believe in the ability still. Which, so I had a question. Uh, so I kind of talked about this in the, the mailbag, not to pl- plug this a million times. But do you see him as a starter this year? Like, the hypothetical I had, was him as the X receiver, Devonta Smith, or Jalen Waddle as the Z receiver, and then Jalen Rager in the slot? What's the question? Like, do you think he's a starting wide receiver on this team this year? I mean, he's... Right, he's I'm a, not saying that he's a starting receiver for every team in the league, or he's a starting right, right. just for this respective crappy team. I mean, who's a better X option than him? Exactly. I mean, Ortega Whiteside would be the other, like, obvious X option. Oh, yeah, definitely him. He's also bad. He's actually <laughs> yeah. terrible at football. So that he might not make the team. Yeah. yeah, definitely That's him. Fun. I'm picking him. All right, James Gregory is uh, requesting to speak. Let's get him up. What's going on, James? Hey, James. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? Enjoying this beautiful uh, day. I, yeah, likewise. Um, so I had two that I wanted to bring up, and we can talk about whichever one you guys want to. But uh, the first I put in the chat, I believe that Doug is going to be the first head coach to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. No other head coach has done that before. They usually win it with one franchise. That's the first one. Uh, And the second one is, I think, Howie Roseman. Obviously, he can build a Super Bowl roster. He's done that before. But he can only do it if he's dispassionate about the roster in front of him. And what I mean is, after 2015, when he was sort of pushed to the one side of the building, He came back and looked at the roster and went, this isn't mine, this is Chip Kelly's. And he was able to sort of make logical moves to build it into a contender. But he can't do that now because this is still his baby, and he's just too emotionally attached to it. So whichever one of those you guys want to talk about. I feel like I'm the biggest Doug guy out there. and I mean, he didn't get a job this offseason. I don't know if that was by his own design or there wasn't a lot of bite around the league i thought potentially the jets would have been an option for him there given the the joe douglas connection if he's he's been set up in the air of this family he would be close by theoretically i know he has since sold his house that could have been a kind of a a a do-over of the beginning of the Wentz era where they have the second they they have the second pick in the draft they draft this 
non-Power 5 conference player and Zach Wilson. Obviously, their skill sets are, aren't exactly similar. They're not the same size of players. Um, but I thought that would be, be a situation where we say, hey, we saw Doug could work his magic a little bit with wins. Obviously, his career didn't go exactly where people wanted. He did maximize Nick Foles around with a you know strong coaching staff underneath of him. And maybe we try to recapture that magic again here with Zach Wilson. So I thought that was me a landing spot. We heard some buzz about him maybe being the offensive coordinator in Seattle. And I, I, that, I mean, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Maybe that he would have taken over for Carroll in a year or two. And Carroll would have either retired or resigned to just the front office role. But I don't know. I, I would, I would hope he gets a coaching job in 2022. I didn't want the Eagles to fire him. I thought the, the quarterback and the general manager were bigger problems for the organization in 2020 than he was. I think he was a tad scapegoated and was dealt a bad bad hand from both sides, both offensively with the quarterback and the players on the team. I would like to see him maximize what we could see from Jalen Hurts this year, but that's obviously, you know, discussion we were on a few months back. I agree with you completely. Well, here's the thing. I think this off season, he looked at the jets and the Texans and he's coming off like, a season where the Eagles were clearly so dysfunctional. And the Texans and Jets, even though there's the D- Joe Douglas compare, uh, connection, I think he just thought, you know, if I'm going to do this and I can come in as a Super Bowl winning head coach, I want to go to a place that's shown me that they're a little more stable and they'll give me the keys to the car and I can really build this. I think if he went into the Jets or the Texans, he would kind of repeat the nightmare that he kind of felt with with the Eagles. And again, I don't know uh, if that's the case. I thought the, it sounded like he got fired because he just refused to build a staff that he just was like, no, I like all these guys. And, and, you know, more or less disobeyed like a direct order to like get his shit together. I fell yeah. on the sword for press Taylor. Well, I think he was just being tired of, I think he was wanted, tired of being told what to do. He wanted to fire himself in a weird way or something. He wasn't yeah. gone. He wasn't gone. Well, he didn't want to fail on someone else's terms. He wanted to fail on his own. You know what I mean? Like he didn't want to be like, you have to do this, but then if you fail, you're fired. It's like, no, well, just fire me now. That's exactly it. And I think he thinks he can bring that clout into a new organization and say, look, if you're going to let me be the coach, I want to do it my way. And I think the Texans and the Jets, he just thought like those two organizations haven't really proven themselves recently. I feel like if you want to do it my way, there's no better way to do it than in New York, baby. <laughs> no, I don't um, I was a little surprised that he didn't get a job. Guys, why do you think that happened? I don't think he wanted one. I think he wanted to wait. Yeah. I really do. I think he's burned it. I feel like these jobs sound like they suck. Yeah. It, well, could, be, it could be a little bit of both. He's also under contract through 2022, so oh, this season yeah, and so next so year. he would be working for free. Yeah, so he's still getting paid, you know. Yeah, and, and mm, I, I, like, I love that lifestyle. Doug, yeah, Doug just looked he, – he just looked, like, so tired and just, like, so beaten down, like, yeah. throughout last season. It just seemed like a year off just made, like, so much sense. He did, he did look like a man who was, like, hoping to get fired. Yeah, he was. I think yeah. – I, I remember – like, He lost that game for us, though. He, like, he, like, got up there and said, I lost that yeah. game on purpose, and, and I love him for that. I mean, yeah, Doug's – love Doug. Hmm. Connection's bad, James. I'm going to put you down. If, if you want to request to speak, you can uh, do that again. But the connection's bad right now. Maybe in a year or two, he ends up in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor's gone, and he has Joe Burrow. That'd be a good landing spot for him. He's going to pop up somewhere again. Yeah. Because, you, know, you, like, you feel like Zach Taylor uh, could leave if Joe Burrow is, like, okay? I feel like if Joe Burrow is like is any good, then Zach Taylor – well, maybe not. Maybe It seemed like he was even on the hot seat this past year. 
Yeah. And, uh, do you I mean, um a year before Burrow too, and that didn't go over super well. I guess that's why they had the first pick, right? What do you guys think about all the the Sean Watson fallout? I feel like we saw that with the um, with the uh, Jets trade, obviously, but yeah, uh, the, the Jets trading Darnold. But uh, what else do you think is uh, is going to happen because of that? You think uh, Teddy Bridgewater might be headed to Houston, or <laughs> your your friend? You know, my good personally. my good my good personal friend Teddy Bridgewater. I definitely do think that's like why the 49ers trade happened. Like I think they were holding out hope that they could get him, and they realized, all right, we can't. Let's just move up. And I think the Panthers pretty much was like their only plan. I remember even reading about that, like David Tepper, like that was like his plan basically was to get Deshaun. Like he was all in on that. And then like they can't, so they had to pivot to a very suspect option, <laughs> trading for yeah. Sam Darnold. Uh, where does Teddy end up? Like. It's a good question. Like, because there's talk like you could go back to the Saints, but I mean, why yeah. are the why That's are the all Panthers pretty unsettled? They'll have three quarterbacks. My God, th- three quarterbacks who probably shouldn't be three starting quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, three three, three backup like quarterbacks. Pretty, pretty bad ones. Yeah, that's three backup quarterbacks. That's like one and a half starters. Yeah, who else is still unsettled? I feel like the Broncos are still unsettled. Yeah, well, I think I think they, they are. Wingland didn't bring back Cam. That seemed like a fit. Yeah, I think I think they're going to stick with Locke, even though that's stupid. But uh, although I guess well, like draft Fields or Lance, right? Yeah, with well, that's the thing with this Darnold trade. Like, does a quarterback fall to them now? Like, I could see them taking Mac Jones. I guess right. You like Mac Jones? You kind of talk me into him a little bit. I don't think he's going to be like some stud. I I like the comp of less losery Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. I think that's who he is. I mean, look at his profile. Like, this is a guy who. I call him Mac Truck because he's huge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally, just, I, I lost my train of thought with you. Denver. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just I think like it's just it's fun to be like oh this guy sucks like he's not any good. I don't know like look what he did at Alabama like they're pretty successful he's he's accurate. Those are like ass him up saying the way he yeah. threw the ball. Um, what's his name? Uh, Waddle said he's better than Tua, and Tua went freaking what, like five last year. The Dolphins five, like yeah. traded up for him. So like, why is it so insane? Like that, Mac Jones could go. And I'm not even saying I don't think he's the third best player in the draft. So I think it's ridiculous. You know, the 49ers kind of take him just from that standpoint. But like, I don't know. Seems like a top ten, top fifteen kind of guy. I mean, there's no way he falls behind the Patriots, right? Um, I don't really, have, I don't really have a take on this. I mean, my my, my only thought was that they uh, like a lot of these guys do suck. I mean, I think if he doesn't go three, I see I, he could fall into the teens. We see we've seen quarterbacks fall into the teens and twenties who could have went one, could have went top three, could have went top five before. He seems like the guy who could have been maybe a Justin Fields this year if Mac Jones goes three. The in a non COVID non pandemic world, the guy who was sitting in the green room for six hours on that Saturday. Do you know what I mean? Here's a question. Uh, let's get this is for you, Seamus. I'm going to say sure. because uh, from Steve Duke. Hey guys, what round are you going to be looking at running back? If uh, Etienne falls to our second pick, do you take him? I know you talked about running back on the uh, the, the mock draft you did on BGN Radio. Yeah, I think that's a little early for me. I get he's super productive. I think he had 72 touchdowns in college, which is just absolutely bonkers. Super talented. He does have a lot because of that. He does have a lot of wear on him. I don't really want to go with 
running back that high with a 37th pick, I think there's a chance, especially if you go offense on, on day one, if whether you're picking and, you know, a skill position guy is what I kind of hopefully want to do between Smith or Waddle. I, I think you got to come out with, you know, two defensive starters on day two, especially with 37. That's, you know, like in a joking way, you could have someone that, you know, the Eagles are going to have guys that have first round grades on dropping 237 just inevitably that's that's the way it's going to happen and if you know you're getting a cornerback there you think can be a starter day one opposite uh Darius Slay or you think there's you know even a linebacker that's good enough to warrant that pick whether they value maybe Jabril Cox that high maybe someone else falls those types of things uh the highest I would take one I I mean I did one mock draft uh you can subscribe to my newsletter from Broadsheet with love uh patreon.com backslash shamelessness for Clancy did one mock draft there where I took Michael Carter at 80 I guess it's 84 now uh, that's probably right where the highest I would pick a running back is. I really like Michael Carter from North Carolina. I love his ability out of the back, out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And since he was in a shared backfield with the Tar Heels this past season, uh, Javante Williams, who will actually probably go ahead of him in the draft, um, there's not a lot of wear on him the same way that you know, that was a positive from Miles Sanders coming out of Penn State too. So you know, 84 is probably the highest I would go. But then you know, if you're going on round four or round five, maybe the pick 123. Pick 150, I would be targeting a guy like JVN Hawkins or Shuba Hubbard or the two guys I kind of like in that range. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely going to draft one at some point. They um, have to draft one, I think, but it depends if – I don't see them being a second-round guy. I could see them, you know, getting a little ahead of themselves and taking them in the third round, which I'd be okay with. Um, and then I think they definitely have to take one at the latest, you know, between round four and round five. All right, let's get our guy Cliff Bryce – up Cliff. Here. It's, it's been too long since we've heard from Cliff. What's going on, It's been Cliff? too long since I've seen those biceps. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. So I heard you guys talk about quarterback slipping, and I saw that 25-minute um, tape study with Nick Sirianni this morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys really caught it, but I'm like, none of this stuff fits Hurts. Mm. I'm not a big all-22 guy, but I'm going to go back and check it out. I really don't know a lot, but I'll ask people. But I don't remember Hurts throwing to the middle of the field. I remember Hurts throwing with anticipation. I remember Nick Foles throwing with a lot of anticipation. And I'm like, if Fields falls to us at 12, I think I'd lose my mind if we don't take him. Because the stuff that Nick Sirianni was talking about, I don't see it fitting Hurts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that, uh, Cliff. Um, I, I mean, there's just no way Fields falls that far, right? I mean, like... I don't, I don't know. I think it's possible. But, like... I mean, we saw the... I know there's some, like, dog whistling that goes on with it, but there are people saying, like, oh, something's yeah. got a fourth-round gate on him. I yeah. think if they loved Fields, they would have just stayed at six. Right, that's that's, that's the what thing. I thought too. Yeah, but I thought that they were afraid. Of, I thought they were afraid that Atlanta was going to take them at four. But now that mm. report came out with Arthur and um, I forgot the name of the GM not agreeing on whether to take a quarterback or not, or whether to trade back or not. Yeah, I Dimitrov. Like, I think he's never traded back in the first round, right? Wasn't that something that was going around last year? I believe so, Matt. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. They have he's the gone. GM now. But yeah, he, yeah, he's gone. Wait, but, he's gone. gone? Yeah, yeah, they fired him last oh, season. But but Man, but yeah, I wonder I wonder how much of that hair. though. Pour one out. Yeah, I wonder how much of that too might be an organizational thing. You never know. I mean, Arthur True. Blank. So I was like, I was worried. Pretty hands on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? If he passes Denver, I can see either the Patriots we have to try to get him. But I was like, hey, if he passes Denver, he's in the clear for us. I think I heard uh, Arthur Blank fire Dimitrov because he shops at Lowe's. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I think the facts check out. Yeah, I heard that. I think that's crazy. We'll get our intern fact checker on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I want to bring up Dwayne Green here because he was talking about – he says he has some reasons for optimism about the sequel season, which is – I'd like to hear them. I'm into it's it. Def, it's definitely needed for me because everyone yeah. accuses me of being too negative. So let's hear the other side. Let's uh, go. Dwayne. I'm ready Dwayne, for it. What do you got, Dwayne? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'd just like to talk about some reasons for optimism. I think that uh, some things to be excited about are uh, – one thing I mentioned in the chat was um, – Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson coming back. I think that a big problem with our offense last year was the fact that our offensive line was just so banged up, you know, it was historically um, injured. And uh, just being able to have a little bit more time in the pocket would allow us to take those downfield shots. You know, we kind of added a lot of speed to our team, but I feel like we didn't really get to utilize it last year um, due to just the offensive line, Carson Wentz being the way he is. He kind of got frantic in the pocket there after a while. And um, also, uh, I really want us to get Devontae Smith in the draft. I think that uh, with a couple more play markers, like we could have a pretty explosive offense this year. Um, our defense still has some things to worry about, but um, I was kind of wondering what you guys had to say about that. I mean, if Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson are healthy and they're playing, they're obviously, they can still be the best at their position, I think, as, as recent as a year or two ago. The case could be made for both of those guys being the, respectively the best right guard and right tackle in football. But you're talking about two guys who are on the wrong side of 30 who have, you know, would be kind of considered injury prone at this point as much as, you know, I think they're both franchise legends, guys who should be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. This isn't a slight on them, that's just the aging curve. And I think it's hard to bank on those guys being, you know, not only just healthy for, you know, 10, 12 games, but at, at 16 game season because we've seen, you know, 17. multiple seasons. 17 game season yeah even hotter now where you've seen you know brooks has had multiple season ending uh injuries we've seen what happened with lane the last couple of years and you know again if they're there they're healthy maybe it works this year maybe they can squeak it out to 2022 but they are going to need some turnaround in this offensive line but i agree that with even if you know they have other guys in there whether it's you know, Jack Driscoll, who I liked last season when I saw from him. You know, Jordan Maylotta is the full-time starter at left tackle. You know, Isaac Samalo takes a bit of a leave. Jason Kelsey is still here bringing stability. I think there's, you know, even if we're not getting fully those two guys the whole season, there's there's certainly room to improve on the offensive line just from the development I'd like to see from Maylotta, Samalu, and, you know, not always having the quarterback's blind side in such a flux like it was this past yeah. season. What about Andre How do you Dillard? feel about taking um, Urshan Slater, uh, Vera Tucker in the draft then? If that would share up our offensive line, or do you think we need to focus on um, quarterback? Because I remember Brandon, a couple of podcasts ago, he was talking about how with the new cover two scheme, cornerback kind of falls lower mm-hmm. on the priority list just because... I agree. I think safety is more important in the modern NFL than cornerback. And specifically for this system, I, I would value a safety more. Just so happens, it doesn't seem like a super strong safety class. I really love Trevon Mulrig. If you listen to the latest episode of From the Bleachers, I did a, uh, a live mock draft using the, the Draft Network's mock draft simulation. Shout out to Benjamin Solak with that. Uh, and I traded down in the draft and picked up Mulrig, who's a safety from TCU, kind of the perfect safety prospect you want uh, for 2021. Uh, can lay the wood, but also has phenomenal ball skills, is great in coverage, can play them all over the place. That's what I want from a safety who can do a little bit of everything awesome rather than just being this, this you know, old-school, fierce box safety hitter. I, I don't really want Jamal Adams in 2021. I want someone who is more in this archetype, and I think he'd fit awesome. And the Jonathan Gannon cover two system, but I'm not sure if 
the Eagles are really comfortable taking him at 12. And I think after enduring a 4-11-1 season, it may seem weird to, you know, draft this safety that people have pegged as a, you know, a late first rounder uh, player um, at the 12th pick. Maybe if they trade down, I'm, you know, in, in general, I don't want to trade down. It couldn't make sense. I really do like him. And if they were to pick him up, maybe I'd, you know, talk myself into it. I just did a mock draft that played out that way myself. Um, but I don't, I don't really know about a cornerback there. I know people would probably be okay with Sertain or Horn. They both seem pretty good. But uh, unless they have tremendous ball skills uh, and are playmakers and are kind of – it's hard to be a game wrecker as a cornerback. We talk about that with defensive linemen all the time. It's hard to do that uh, from the outside unless you're consistently getting, you know, five or six interceptions per year and at least one or two you're taking back to the house. So I really like a safety there. It just doesn't happen to seem to be the year for that to happen. I, I said it on last week's locker room, we did. I'll say it again. It's like seven of the last nine Howie Roseman, well, seven of the only nine Howie Roseman first round picks are linemen. So, I mean, it's like a pretty, pretty decent bet that they're going to go. I think it's going to be like Quiddy Pay. I really do. I think that's, if I just say they're most likely pick today, I think that's the guy. I think they're going to go edge rusher. You know, you look at Brandon Graham, he's getting older. Derek Barnett is only signed through this year. Derek, uh, Josh Wett only signed through this year. Uh, I just think that's the direction they're going to go. Uh, maybe an offensive lineman falls there. Maybe it's Slater. Um, wouldn't say that's impossible either. Would be underwhelmed by it. But I think part of it's why... underwhelming, but like you can understand it. You're, I can understand. You can understand the Slater pick where he could he could contribute at guard this year if if Brooks isn't healthy and then eventually take over at right tackle. It could be a situation like that where I understand what they're doing there, but it's not it's not sexy. It doesn't invigorate the fan base after a really rough season and an off season where there's, there is no optimism, even though it could be the best long-term play for, you know, 2023. Part of what frustrates me about it is I feel like it's like how we kind of acknowledging, like, look, I can't draft wide receiver or quarterback. Like it's, it's never happened for me. And, you know, last year, obviously fresh in the mind with Rager. And it's just like, I'm going to go back to what works. I'm going to play the hits like on offensive line, defensive line, because that's where I kind of do the best. I would kind of push back on that a little bit just because I feel like um, I think a lot of it had to do with we know that our last defense coordinator had a lot of say with uh, drafting, you know, and he loved the trenches. You know, he we pay our defensive linemen more than everybody else in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I'd i be really That's excited. a hallmark that goes back to Andy and, and Joe Banner, the foundation of the Howie Roseman system where – this is how they built the team for this entire 21st century. Yeah, good football's built in the trenches. As I mean, said. yeah, we've been seeing it's it's all we've known under Jeff Flory uh, is is picking okay. at least since the dawn of the Reed era, and certainly we've been in retreads with that with Doug and Howie's is a leftover from who came up during that time period. You know, they they draft defensive and offensive linemen. That's what they do. I think, uh, yeah, I'm really hoping they don't pass on Smith or Waddle. I I would be excited about that too. I, I kind of, if you guys don't mind, I got one more thing I'd like to bring up. Yeah, sure. Just um, our quarterback. Uh, he is a beast, man. I think that we give him a lot of hate just because, uh, you know, he came in and he performed those last couple of games. But we were kind of apologizing for Wentz for the last, like, two years because of, like, the cast around him. And I think that, you know, um, Jalen Hurts came in and he perf- he looked better than Wentz did um, in, those, in that four-game stretch, I would say. And... Uh, the reason I want to say that, like, I think we have a little bit of optimism is just because I kind of see it as more of just a down year rather than um, writing Jalen Rager off as a bad player, you know, or 
just I think a lot of things kind of fell not our way last year. And I think that with a couple lucky bounces this year, I think things could. I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think we could be a competitive team that is definitely better than a six-win team. We could be a bad team, but um, I think it's. I don't think it's outside of the realm possibility that we put a pretty good solid season together. I so we did a show for the Espionation NFL show this week that was like uh, most controversial takes, and I lean on the side of the Eagles being closer to competing for the number one overall pick than I do to them actually being good. But I think my my where I came down it ultimately is like I think you can make the case that they have the widest range of outcomes because I think they could totally yeah. bottom out. I think there. I mean, like if you're talking about the conversation of like the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL next season. I mean, Hertz is in there, right? Like I, this isn't me trying to be down on him. I'm just saying like, he's a candidate in that group, right? Like, would, isn't that fair to say? But he's also a candidate for like one of the biggest, he could have one of the biggest breakout years as well. You know? Sure. Yeah. And, and there's upside. And I, I don't want to, you know, say that's not possible, but I'm just saying like, if you're looking at the floor, I think floor <laughs> is like worst yeah, starter in the scary. league. That floor is scary. I was just telling my fiance the other day, I was like, my worst nightmare is that how he moved down from six where he could have got one of these quarterbacks. And he does not know if Hertz is a franchise quarterback. I was like, in this league, you either know who your franchise quarterback is or you're searching for him. And I was like, and if Hertz, the worst thing Hertz could do for us next year is come in and be just okay. Yep. Just yep. okay to get us to nine and seven or seven and nine. And now we're out of reach for the quarterback we could get next. And then all those first round picks we just traded for, we now have to trade up to get the second or first to get the next guy. I think that's exactly like what the trade down was kind of like that was that They're was hedging. the trade yeah that the, the trade down hearts. was made with that possibility in mind in, in case like they get stuck in the middle and they have to make a move i think that's exactly to their credit like having some foresight and like trying to battle against that i, I think i think i totally agree with that i know but like if we're in the middle we'll be around like 15 13 like now and the colts we know the colts are going to the playoffs like we do not I think, know that i mean carson yeah. went aside so they're like, they're like a plug-and-play team. Their division they, is they bad. Like old Phil Rivers I mean, brought them to the playoffs. Titans like, have made the playoffs in the noise line. We don't. He was, he was terrible last year. He, he, could, he could be bad. Yeah, I, I agree. Lawrence could also yeah. come in and be was, unbelievable right away from day one. He was awful last year. He was completely awful last year. There's a situation where he's the third-best quarterback in that division Matt. next year, assuming Watson isn't playing. I want to get. I don't think but, Watson's playing. Well, then, yeah, you could yeah. be third after you could see Lawrence coming in and being, you know, a stud right away the way, you know, Andrew Luck was. Matt said he had a Carson Wentz thing. So since we just touched on the Colts and, uh, and Wentz, uh, no better time to hear it. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I necessarily – I just want to know, like, all right, I think that we all kind of agree that he, he basically sort of played his way out of here. He, he seemed like an asshole. And he sort of played like an asshole. And I guess I just wanted to know – do you think that this is something he does as a person or do you think that this, I mean, do you think that, do you think he's a bad person basically? No, I, that, that's not my question. <laughs> I, I do think that, uh, that I felt like I was just done with him. I, yeah. I wanted to be over way. so bad. Like that was just inching, yeah. inching to the end of the season. It felt like. Well, yeah. What, what was, what was happening there? Do you think that, um, do you think that this was a decision that he made or do you think that this was just something that, I mean, do you think this was injury? I kind of don't think it was. I think that this was like, Big you know, this was a conscious effort. This guy just like, just like sort of tried so hard that he, he played his way out of a job. I think you mean tried so hard in the way that he was trying to like be bad on purpose. 
Uh, just he was like way into his own head, trying like, you know, type A like was doing way, way, way too much. Yeah, I think that. that I think that's. Like... I think that's that's certainly plausible and probably part of it. We've seen, you know, that type of personality that he's had. And I'm not. I'm not speaking to intend to him as a person. You know, outside of football, outside of the locker room, I obviously have no insight into that. But it seemed like you know his personality, you know, clashed a bit in the locker room. Uh, there seemed to be certainly a, a lack of what accountability. What do you think that means? What that what he think, d- accountability? Yeah, just, that, that uh, they, yeah, but you know, what we do you think we seen personality clash means. I guess I'm always curious how this works. I don't really know any. I don't know anything about managing like a large group of people or managing personalities or anything. It like seemed this, like he didn't but... connect with a lot of players. Maybe he yeah. didn't have a lot of relationships out of a few key guys on the team. He wasn't. I'm not saying that you know Jalen Hurts <laughs> or Nick Foles was talking to the the practice squad guys, you know, every single day after practice and, you know, in the mornings before game day, but it, that seems to be the noise from it. That's what we've seen from the Alshon Jeffrey reports, Josina Anderson, Joe Santaclita, uh, things other people have, you know, heard through the grapevine. Yeah. I, don't think... I just, I always wonder, I always wonder what the, sorry, Brandon, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, mean, I don't think it's a clash as much as it's just like a disconnect. Yeah. I think is the, yeah. is really the word to, I'd yeah. use. How do you think the team would have looked different last year if uh, Carson Wentz had been convinced that the only people who could catch the ball were the ones in Bible study? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but really though, do you think the team would have looked any different? I mean, I think there's, I think that's part of it in terms of like he had his guys, and I think we saw that come out. You know, and Alshon complained about like you know too much hurts and everything. I feel like and... that's so weird, right? That that to me is that's bizarre. Like, what is this like a weird sales job? Is this like Glengarry Glenn Ross or something where like only Zach Ertz is getting the good leads? Mm-hmm. Like, how on earth is this? Like, how on earth was this like a guy, like an adult man, who's just like. Oh, I don't know about like this guy. I'm not going to throw him the ball because like I don't feel like he and I connect about you know the the book of Josiah or whatever. Well, like, I think it's it's not just that. I think that's that's a factor. Well, but it's fine, also but like not just, trusting where uh, he is on the field and stuff, and not trusting the system. Maybe like you know, and everyone Alshon says that was like a rhythm player. The ball needed to really be at a certain spot for him. Man, he had no interest. Have the confidence to throw that ball. I want to get uh, Julian involved up here because I caught him up the stage earlier, but he hasn't been able to speak yeah, since. Um, sure. If, if he's there. Hey, yeah. Uh, What's up, Julian? I just wanted to, hey, uh, good discussions uh, so far. I just wanted to say something about, uh, you know, drafting a quarterback in the first round, like it was mentioned earlier with Fields. And I just think, like, this whole thing about, like, oh, they were thinking about trading up to number three, and then, uh, but we, you know, we thought, like, Wilson you know, it wasn't worth it, but we wanted Wilson. Like, I just, I never believe that. I, I just think, like, we've heard a lot of different conflicting stuff coming out of the Eagles. And to me, that one seems like they have scouts or something like that inside the building that, like, are not sold on Hertz. And mm-hmm. they are fighting for, uh, you know, like an alternative. Yes. But then, but then, so then they kind of throw this rumor out to kind of, like, throw these guys a bone. Like, oh, no, no, we're pursuing all our options. We're, like, being diligent. And really, I think they've made up their mind on Hertz because we we saw that rumor come out earlier this offseason about uh, Jeffrey Lurie kind of sending out this edict. And like to me, that one, there's kind of no incentive for them to be intentionally leaking that one. It just makes them look bad. Whereas this one, like I can definitely see the incentive for them to put that out there and want people to think that. Whereas well, the other one, it, it, I believe it because it doesn't seem like there's an incentive. The the thing I I guess think about it I don't know if if you agree with this Julian but like I feel like the Wilson thing is out there in part because of like those people 
like can be like, well, we like if Hertz fails, they're like, well, we wanted Wilson, we wanted Wilson. You know what I mean? Like we didn't want to ride with Hertz. Like they can kind of like try to shirk the blame. Right. I can see that. Yeah. But I, I think, um, yeah, that's another. I hadn't really thought about that, but I mean, I definitely, you know, could see that kind of like this thing about, you know, Doug supposedly being the one who wanted to choose Rager or whatever. Yeah, I was, um, I was just thinking which, about that too. Yeah, that's very relevant. It's like, oh, well, the scouts wanted Justin Jefferson, and guess who? Uh, guess who leaked that out? You know, guess, guess where that right. comes from? Actually, speaking of Rager, I, I, it's just something that I thought was kind of funny from that uh, Sirianni film breakdown that came out was like he was talking about how he hates banana routes. And I felt like he was just describing exactly how Rager runs his routes. But 110% agree with you. Doghouse already? I was like, either he's saying, Maybe, like, yeah, yeah. we're going to fix Rager. Because Rager's explosive. Like, I was like, Rager, like, yo, Rager fits this system perfectly if he just cleans up his route running. I also thought that um, Fogel would be really great for this route, like, for this system. And I also thought, Smith. I was like, oh, all this stuff makes sense. Hurts didn't make sense for me much there. But, hey. I say it every week, bring me Devontae Smith at number 12. Yeah. Do it. Bring it to me. I oh, need it. I thought you were a Jalen Waddle guy. We had a big back and forth the other day. <laughs> we had a big deliberation for the SB Nation NFL mock, which, by the way, uh, had a, a wrench thrown into it, obviously, with the Panthers trade. They, they restarted the mock. Oh, my God. At the Panthers pick, so I don't even know if I'm going to get Devontae now. Who knows? I feel like I'm at such a disadvantage because everyone knows who I was going to take now and uh, I might get sniped by the Giants there at 11. But... Hopefully not. I think Smith is exactly who this team needs in terms of just mindset too. And, and like obviously being a good player first, but also just like beyond that, uh, beyond the talent, just like having the mindset that this team needs. Like a guy who is just like a dog who just wants to win, as Matt Daring likes to say, he just has that dog in him. Uh, a famous <laughs> thing. Like a guy that loves football. A guy who loves, loves ball. We want ball. guys who loves ball. ball. Yeah, okay. loves ball. He loves ball. Big ball guy. Big ball guy. <laughs> Speaking of, oh, I, uh, I heard is, Doug Peterson's is... getting a burner Instagram account. Do you guys uh, know yeah. what his uh, handle's going to be? Bleeding Green Insta. <laughs> Give it a follow. Yeah. Yeah. I no, like what is it? Guys, at Big Ball Guys are pretty good one. I was going to go with uh, with the Visor Daddy, but mm, visor I was wondering daddy. if you guys had any good suggestions. Sirianni's a Visor guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not an Eagles head coach if you don't have a Visor. You know, Chip, uh, you know, Post Andy. Yeah. Gruden rocks and visors as OC back in the day. There you go. Look, that's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. You got to have the hair, right? Like, Doug pulled it off so well because he's like, he's a great hair. Yeah, Sirianni's a good looking guy. I think he rocks. The, you, don't, you don't need to have the outrageous flow and the kind of like flowing over the side almost the way Doug did. I think, I think he looks fine in there. We, we kind of talked, touched on this earlier. I want to get everyone's take here, uh, whoever wants to weigh in. Let me start with. Well, I don't know, whoever. Um, what do we think of Sirianni's energy and everything? Do we like that? Do we think it's fake? Do we think it's a gimmick? Uh, how do we feel? About It'll it? get really tiring if they're, if they're bad right away. But I, I appreciate an enthusiasm. Again, I kind of said this. I don't know if everyone was here. Where There's no excitement for this team. I know uh, Dwayne gave us some uh, reasons for optimism, and I love it. I, I want to be optimistic about this team. I want to be optimistic about Jalen Hurts. I want to be optimistic about Nick Sirianni, though we obviously have – you know, our issues with both the ownership and management and the way that they have gotten us to this rock bottom for the Eagles in the 21st century. Um, but does he have, he gives me some kind of Ted Lasso vibes and kind of his over-the-top earnestness and, in, you know, the way that maybe it doesn't work out, maybe he's not cut out for this, but 
the way that uh, the Grant, the, the writer for The Independent, says, I won't celebrate his demise with the way he's bringing that energy here. Do you think Ted Lasso has had a tangible effect on coaching hires in all the four sports? Maybe at least will? at least two or three. Uh, yeah. I don't know about wonder, all four yet. I wonder if that's true, too. I wonder if, like, how many billionaires or, you know, sports owners are just sitting at home watching Jason Sudeikis pretend to be a man. <laughs> a man-child <laughs> idiot. Yeah, from a man-child idiot who people love and, you know, from, like, a character that's based on commercials for soccer. And I wonder how many billionaires are watching this and being like, we need one of these guys. This guy gets it. He bakes cookies. <laughs> they're biscuits, actually. They're not cookies. In England, they call them chips, I know. I get where the Eagles are coming from, you know, after – I mean, I can kind of see why the Eagles hired him now. I mean, I'm not going to say they made the right hire because have of this. Have you seen but, Ted like, Lasso? I'm seeing, like, I have not yet. No, I remember you telling it, me about it. You, you oh, man, you got a lot. Yeah, get back to us. Look, I'm way behind on everything. So. Like the easiest person of all time to root for. But, I mean, I mean, I think that's what they really kind of almost wanted. Like a guy – I mean, look, it's a young coaching staff across the board. They, they, they have this vision in mind. This is going to be, like, you know, more of a long-term thing. They want a guy – who has this energy and I guess hope it can be sustained because <laughs> I think we saw, you know, Doug's energy worn down basically by the end. Um, I like it uh, as a, it has to be a tool in the toolbox. It can't be like, you know, it can't be this, it can't be who he is. It can't be rah, rah guy all the time. This, no, he needs not... to have the offensive acumen to back it up and it amplify. No, well, there's his... time to pull back too That's and be like, too. Like normal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who's I mean, the most but... successful energy guy right now? I think it's Pete Carroll, right? Probably. Is Rabel yeah, an, least... Would you consider Rabel an energy guy? Mm, maybe. I guess Kinda. He guy. wants to cut his his penis off. Yeah. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, yeah. so like he did kind of like that, that old Carson Wentz. Wentz wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't I, want to I, do it for a Super Bowl. He just wanted <laughs> he to do it. He just wanted it. to yeah. do it because that's what he's into. Yeah. Makes sense. No shame. Um, um, I was yeah, definitely that, getting uh, some Sean McVay vibes. Uh, from uh, him, which... I, yeah, I, I was wondering about that because, yeah, the energy guys, they're not usually young. Or, you know, I feel like the successful ones aren't usually young. In fact, I don't really think if we have a good a good blueprint for, like, a young, successful guy lately. How about a, an energy guy in Philly, too? Like, have we seen that before? Because, no, uh, right? No, it's true, I though. I, mean, I feel like, like yeah, I feel like and, even me, I'm not into it. Andy Stoic. Uh, Chip is like he's not an energy guy. He's in, he's in just an a hole. Yeah, he's like smarmy and uh, smarmy you know. is a good word for it. Oh, that. you know who was an energy guy? Gabe Kapler. He was an energy guy. Okay, yeah, people loved him. People <laughs> oh, loved man. Gabe Kapler. That's true. Was was he closer to the the, the Chip smarmy than pure energy? I guess he's a little I mean, bit. Of a... I mean, I, you know, ultimately, Buddy was wins. an energy guy. All him and his zero playoff. He was. Yeah, uh, uh, people loved him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any Sixers coaches. Is Jim, was, Jim, was Jim Lynham an energy guy? He is on Sixers pregame live on I the one of the Sports he, Philadelphia. He brings it every time, yeah. I uh, I wonder, when do we see the first Sirianni, like, Dallas thing, right? Like, it's like, you know, oh, I hate the Cowboys. You oh, know, like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to come. Yeah, they're going to make such a yeah. – They're going to it up. Yeah. Oh, man. Going to get an estimator over here to see what it would cost to fix a wall. That hasn't even been run through yet, but I know it will be once we see his first comments about how much he hates Dallas and how it's different in this city and how we hate them, you know, all that good stuff. We have a question in the chat from Tyler Neefsey. It's what fictional non-football coach would you want to hire to coach the Eagles? 
So fictional non-football coach. Ted Lasso. Besides him. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, yeah. like a fictional they have... basketball coach or something. Uh, yeah. Or, James or... Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. Hmm. He was not a coach. but My mind went to Coach Carter. Is that fair? Oh, is that yeah. a real – is that based on a real story, I think? Uh, crap. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson specifically as Coach Carter. Um, who would be a good Mr. One? Miyagi? What about uh, Remember the Titans? Uh, real, the, real guy. That's football. Yeah, Sorry. Guy. And that's also football yeah, too. Football. Yeah. <laughs> both those uh, take both qualifiers out of there. Totally missed. I don't know. This is hard. Um, I guess uh, he's football, but like the Friday Night's Lights TV show isn't really based on concrete stuff the way the movie was. So if we're just getting, I know he's football coach, but Coach Eric Taylor. Would be my mm-hmm. choice, even though again, obviously a football. I'd coach. probably just hire John. Voigt, we have just straight up. Okay, I don't know. We have a uh, Mick Mick from Rocky is in here in the chat from Devin. Oh, Surreal. okay. Uh, Corbin, you on me, Coach Carter. That's it. Tom Hanks. What was Tom? Tom, what was Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks was a real person. You can't fool. Okay, him. League of Their Own, but also <laughs> it was sort of based on a real story. But I don't know if they were like con. I don't think they were like concrete people, even though uh-huh. it is based on. H, the true women's league that occurred in the, in the States during World War II. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. I think that might be the best guess besides Ted. Which which league do we think makes the best? Transition? Yeah. Like, which, let's just, like, let's just you know, take out specific names, just going by, like, is it basketball? So I'm thinking baseball because you have, like, the old school stellar coach is, was mm. my first thought. And they had to deal like with more people, too, right? The NFL yeah, is 25. the only – Football's the only sport where the coach actually, like, does something moment to moment. Yeah. So I feel like that would be a hard skill to replace with any of the people that we've really talked about so Maybe far. Maybe hockey, because the, the shift changes and stuff. I'm yeah. not the world's biggest hockey. So you want to you want to go with uh, Gordon Bombay? I think that was his name, right? It was. Uh, Lobby could coach. Lobby I want the, uh, the football I want team the in my book. I the coach of the Iceland team. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I feel like Gordon Bombay always had to have, like, the kids on his team help him. I was like, he's like not that good, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he would like, uh, he would like, he would give it all over to to Carson Wentz. He would have him no accountability, have him doing everything. Yeah, instead of you on Philly, Philly, yeah, let's do it. He'd be like, if you on Philly, Philly, he'd be like, whatever you say, boss. You're the one calling the shots, pal. You yeah, have to see yeah, on your chest. Yeah, I just work here. Did we announce? Oh, this is we could kind of. I think this is a good closing point. Who do we think yeah. the captains are this year? There are two. Two on offense, two on defense, and Flacco. Special. No, I'm kidding. Uh, hurts. Uh, I think it's hurts. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we're just we're we're assuming. Wait, it goes back to the normal one, not last year. Where they had like fifty captains. Well, what was it last? Let's just say if there were two, two and one. I think they had like three, three and. That's one. how it used to be. Left. Yeah, they expanded so last year. Two for six. Just do six. Uh, yeah, let's say six. Yeah, two. Well, hurts. Kelsey. No, I, th- I, I think it's five. Actually, I think it's going to go back to five. Let's say because the oh, two so offense. One. Two offense, two defense, teamer. one special teams. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, Hurts. Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, I think, is a lock. BG McLeod. Uh, Brandon Graham. Um, yeah, Rodney. And then... Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott. Uh, Elliot. It could be. Elliott. Honestly, I don't want the, They don't probably want to make a, the captain a guy who they might actually end up cutting at a random point during the season. I, I don't think they can cut him during the season this year. I feel like the financially contract. they can't, but like in yeah. the way that they actually might want to. Well, you could give it to Rick Lovato if you want to. I actually think that is, yeah. that's the move, yeah, Rick Lovato. Yeah, what a great pick. 
he, he snaps the hell out of that ball. Hey, he, was, he, he was a Pro Bowl snapper last year. Pro yeah. Bowl long snapper, Rick Lovato, immortalized in Novacare Complex. You would not believe. God, he is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when the, uh, that whole Doran boss thing came up and like with him, like they, they did a presentation. Did you ever, you guys ever hear about this? Like they did a, they actually did like a presentation to the team at some level, like why they were going with Rick Lovato instead. Like they put the information together in terms of like how fast Lovato was like snapping the ball, the spin rate and everything. Do you think it was like a YouTube video set to like some stupid song? (laughs) That's what I like to think of it. Like as, Thirty like, seconds to Mars. Yeah, and it's just got like some dubstep drop right in the middle. They show him like just snapping the ball over and over again. <laughs> they pause it, the drop hits, and then you know. Did you ever I see that it. video back in the day of John Clark going around the city with Mike Bartram, and he was like snapping yes. the ball into into a mailbox, cars, into yeah. uh, like a McDonald's drive-through? Someone mm-hmm. repurposed it on Twitter recently. I think there's like a random philly athletes account it's called uh awesome account but i think they posted on there uh with my guy johnny clark and it was tremendous content i remember watching it live that sounds probably good. close to 20 years ago at this point brandon can you uh send that to me later sure i'll try to find it and send it to brandon he could send it to you there okay, we go. Good. yeah i don't want to i don't want to talk to you directly so. yeah just, <laughs> just keep a middle just keep a middle man in there yeah yeah, All right. yeah. Uh, as we're winding down, because we have the Phil start in 7.05 here, for anyone who cares, Celtics, 7.30, big one. Um, do we have any final thoughts, any burning desires that anyone has to get off their off their chest, either here on stage or in the chat? We didn't talk Let's about the number oh, change. Devin wants to hop in. Uh, yeah, what's up, Devin? What's going on, Devin? Uh, not too much. Yeah, I just one thing I wanted to piggyback off when you're talking about the like likability with Sirianni being a quality is that I also kind of, I feel like Hertz is intensely likable, like more so than any of his play. I just kind of like the guy. And I I guess maybe less so than other people. I kind of don't care if they're kind of bad this year. I'm just kind of excited to root for the team. I know what you mean. You want some and, enjoyability, even though you want to go in there knowing that this probably isn't a playoff season, but that there's guys that, or easy to root for, whether it's Sirianni and Hurts, whether they have some dynamic flashes on offense, which is more than you could say at any point last year. Maybe they go, you know, six and what would it be now, 11, but you had some fun games in there. You saw some nice moments with Hurts, and you said, no, I I enjoyed a couple of Sundays, knew we weren't going to make the playoffs, and it is what it is, that type of feel. Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, in in an optimal world, it'd be like the last four weeks of 2019, yeah. Where you're like, you kind of go into the game not expecting to win because you have a bunch of middling talent. But then when you do well, it's like a more ecstatic experience than watching a good team win. I know what you mean. The un- the unexpected. And when you're rooting for your team to win when you're not expecting to win creates like a greater high than when you're expecting them to win and they win. Just covering the team. I mean, I totally see that every year. Like when any year the Eagles are expected to be good, kind of like again, they were in 2018, 2019. Everyone's like, I hate this. I hate everyone in the comments is like, I hate how much hype we're getting. Like, I just because you know everyone's afraid of getting let down. Um, so I, I don't think you want to be in this spot that the Eagles so are prepare in right for now. the playoffs this year. Then right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think it, this is too far in the other end extreme of that though. Like, I don't think you want to be like you kind of want like. 
2017 expectations were perfectly ideal. So it was like I, the Eagles I, weren't I, great, but it was like you could kind of see they were poised to take a step up because like they were kind of better in point differential and stuff. And you know, it was like Carson's like second year games. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there was reason to think they could make a jump, but ex- but it wasn't like you know, oh, the Eagles are Super Bowl favorites. Like it wasn't like this huge jump they were expected to make. Yeah, they, they, had, they had finished in fourth place the year prior. Yep. So, so I totally hear that. It's all about expectations. What do, you right. think, what do you think they're finishing, Devin? What's your record prediction? 17-game yeah. schedule prediction. What do you got? You, you know what? I, it's like I, I'm going to go with like a 7-10 and 10 thing. I okay. guess I'd want, want them to beat that spread, but I don't want to – you know, I want to maintain this attitude where I'm happy if they do half decent. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a – depending, you know, on how they get there, because that could, you know, vary – uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable expectation on terms of like the higher side too. Like I think that's that. Like if Hertz plays well and they're winning seven games because he's playing really well, then like that could be encouraging. And like you know, Sirianni looks good. Uh, and I guess like the reason why they're not winning, you know, more is like you know, well, just because like the roster is like still not good. Like it's clear like yeah. they just don't have the overall talent. But like there's there's flashes and like. Maybe there's like a big game or two that's like a signature game for Hertz for like you know, Dallas down. Sunday night. Yeah, hype video. He's leading them out of the tunnel. <laughs> he actually rips off the head of Swoop, and it's Nick Sirianni. In the Swoop <laughs> Something like that. Julian City smashing the over on six point five. I I like the energy. I'm on the other end. I I did I'm expecting under win the division like a month or two ago just for the heck. Wow. Of it. I mean, like, I mean, like a like a fifteen or twenty dollar bet or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad long shot bet, or you know, like a yeah, just uh, for like yeah. you know, I I always do a bet for that for for all the four Philly teams to you know usually I do to win the championship. But I wasn't going to get that wild. This no, year, the Eagles. That's that's, that's just a waste of money this year. Yeah, so just to win a division, why not? My my uh, just to give my justification quickly for that. Uh, sure, go ahead. Would be. We look, look at what happened when the last time we had such a bad record. We went ten and six the following season after the four and twelve season, mm. and I just don't think this. I think the expectations are intentionally being set low here so that they can kind of you know shock the world and kind of win back the fans. That's kind of my theory. And, the LG um, gonna we, be looking like a down bad scent when they go four and zero in September. <laughs> I totally hear that argument. Like, I, I've seen that quite a bit. Like, the Eagles don't stay down for long. And I think there's validity to making that point because it's true. I mean, they don't. Because they're they, from Philadelphia and they fight. That's why. They're, they're it has from nothing to do with fight. the team itself. I, I just think this is, like, the exception. I really do. I think the state they're in has never been this bad. I, re- I genuinely believe that. Like, people talk about they were so bad. They were such oh. bad shape after Chip left. Like, I, I really don't think they were. They weren't in amazing shape, but they weren't in, like – this, I mean, like, they're going to be – so I was just doing the math on this recently. 25% of their salary cap this year is going to players who are not on the roster. Like, a quarter of the money they can spend on players. And obviously a lot of that is Wentz, but there's more in there. And 8% of it is already gone for next year. So it's just like, like – this team just isn't in good shape in terms of management and everything. Coaching is yet to be seen. I, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. As long as they love ball, it's a successful season. You got to know ball to love ball, right? Yeah. Well, it goes without saying, of course. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, seven's here, so we're going to wrap this up. It was, it was a lot of fun. As always, we'll be doing more of these, as I say, leading up to the draft. 
Uh, I don't know but when exactly, but at some point next week, likely you'll be doing another one. So make sure you follow me on here. So give Seamus a follow. Uh, so that way you can actually, and by when I say here, for those listening on the replay, follow me on the Locker Room app because you can actually get a uh, notification when we go live, and that way you don't miss a session. You know, We also post about it on BleedingGreenNation.com, so you can also check about it there. Podcast brought to you by Right to Sound Craft Jerky. Go to RightToSound.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky and Meat Snacks and other products they have. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15% off. And I think that just about does it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. And if you're listening on the replay, for listening on the replay.